And welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the number one podcast to sit back with a cold brew and listen to some talk about RPGs. It's been a hot minute since we've covered an RPG that was developed by Square Enix, so to prevent my body from going through withdrawal, we'll be talking about Dragon Quest XI for Switch. Joining me for this episode, fellow NWR Reviews Editor, and man who's played a few Square Enix games in his day, Mr. Jordan Rudick. Hi David, hi everybody. Yeah, definitely played a few games. I... It has. It does feel like we haven't talked about one for for a long time because we. What was the lot? We covered No Man's Sky, and before that was. Uh, I can't even. Re- I can't even remember. We haven't recorded in a little while, so I'm all out of sorts here. It's the uh, getting through the summer lull and getting back into a, a schedule. So exactly. Yeah. I'm sure the Square Enix games will pile up quickly. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, January direct where they announce like another ten Final Fantasy uh, ports are coming. Yeah, if we had to go through the SNES uh, era, that would be perfectly fine with me. Mm-hmm. And also joining us after a long absence that's gone on long too far, one uh, one half of the Talk Nintendo podcast, and man who enjoys a little bit of grinding, Mr. Casey Gibson. Howdy ho, yes, I do enjoy a good grind. I just had a recent little grind sesh with Dragon Quest Eleven, but David, you don't need to wait until next year. Uh, for all these Square Enix games. You've got Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3 for the Switch, dude. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll be talking about those, don't you worry. <laughs> we'll get we'll get there, Case. A little foreshadowing, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. We have we haven't had enough drinks yet. <laughs> it doesn't look that bad after what, a twelve pack? <laughs> if you close their if you close your eyes, they're actually really good games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, speaking of drinks, uh, Jordan, what have you got for us today? Yeah, so uh, I think um, last episode I mentioned that I was having a, a smoothie, like a protein kind of shake thing, because um, I've been trying to, you know, trying to eat a little bit better and go to the gym and stuff. Uh, so in keeping with that theme, uh, I've got a Coke Zero here, uh, zero calories, and I prefer it to Diet Coke. I don't know that we should probably have a podcast about that topic uh, itself, but. Um, yeah, Diet Coke has a weird flavor, and I really prefer Coke Zero. So I'm not—I'm trying not to have too many soft drinks, but if I do, uh, I would definitely go for something like Coke Zero. So that's what I've got tonight. Well, there lies the mistake. You got to get a Pepsi. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. You know what? For a long time, before my palate matured, case I was all over Pepsi. Dude, I, I, I was the other a, way around. Then I became a man, and <laughs> I started drinking Coke. I- I, I guess maybe I was a man when I was younger because I enjoyed Coke way more, and now I'm just a little boy. Uh, working for AWR could do that to you, so I, prob- I probably am going to go to Pepsi next year. <laughs> I'm like big, right? <laughs> that That's the one with, yeah, Tom Hanks, right? He, he yes, just yes. Gets, yeah. Ben, uh, or ben, no, Benjamin Yeah, I'm Benjamin thinking Benjamin Button. Button. Yeah. yeah, big's quite the opposite. B- Jordan's yeah, it's big. exactly <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> And is uh, Casey rocking some hard, uh, some hard water? Yeah, unfortunately, it's a Dasani, a product of the Coca-Cola company. Um, but it is uh, refreshing. It is, uh, yeah. See, I had some. I've been drinking a lot more Gatorade lately. 
which like I mean I still drink my fair share of Pepsi. Don't you guys worry? But uh, but yeah, re- good old fashioned red Gatorade. Mm. But yeah, right so now got, water. I've got two questions for you. Does Pepsi Co. Do they make a bottled water that you could drink instead? That, that um, you know I don't think. So. Well, now I gotta Google it. Um, I don't know. And while it's... you're googling that, the second question is why all the Gatorade? Like, what do you what do you need that energy for? Well, my new job, I do. I am physical all day. Mm, okay. So, so, but the thing is, I drink it when I get home. <laughs> um, well, if you if you if you've lost all your energy from from working all day, that makes sense, right? You need, you need to pick me up when you get home. Well, it is nice now that it's starting to get a little cooler. Uh, you know, mm. I have like a huge jug of water that I just drink through like the whole the the entire thing throughout the whole day, and then yeah. Like, I wouldn't even have to go to the bathroom, you know what I mean? Just sweating it all out. But yeah, now now it's not so bad. But I'm looking here. Largest PepsiCo brands. Uh, you got Pepsi Mountain Dew, and then you go down Aquafina, bottled oh, water. Aquafina, okay. Okay, yeah. So I, I figured they would probably have, like, they've always got competing things, right? Like, if Coke has, uh, like, uh, Sprite, right, then uh, Pepsi has 7-Up. Like, they've, they've always got something on the other side, it feels uh, like. And look at this, Gatorade. PepsiCo, baby. Mm. Okay, so you are. You're still on brand. Yep, except for this. He's just disloyal with his water, yeah. that's all. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I'm going to throw <laughs> it across ha- the room now. You got, your, you got your feet in two camps here, that's yeah. all. <laughs> that's okay for a night. Speaking of being on brand, uh, I guess I guess I'm the only one with the beer again. You should be used to that, David. Like uh, that, that's You should get a pre-recorded soundbite that says that, because it's... Unless Neil's on, like... <laughs> Yeah. I think didn't John John indulge you, right? Like that was Uh no, no? I don't think he did. That was that was the tang the tang no, orange. We were all drinking something orange. <laughs> yes, yes, it yes. was it was Matt that had had a few drinks that's, that night. So. One yeah, of these more, days more than a few, it sounded like. One of these days I will. Yeah. And it'll be a momentous occasion, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's right. What I'm rocking tonight is uh is an amber ale from the Covered Bridge Brewing Company. Mm. Um, so it's, uh, an American amber ale, uh, that has a caramel flavor. Um, I like my amber. It's a little bit on the light side. It's only a 6.4. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it has a strong kind of malty flavor, but it's, it's still, uh, a little smoother, like a little lighter. So, uh, I'm enjoying that. And, uh, the amber picks them up over Thanksgiving. Is amber ale, is that like a, a good... I'm trying to think. I've probably had one at some point, but it seems like that would be a good, nice autumn style beer. Yeah, it's it's my go-to. It's my favorite uh, beer type, so I, I usually go with it. But it's kind of this is kind of its season now. I would say, mm, mm. Um, yeah, like you said, kind of going into uh, the fall. It's kind of a a go-to one, and then we're just around the corner to my favorite beer of all, which is a Scotch ale, which is more of a winter beer. So. Well, uh, you, you skip I'm out on the pumpkin. Slowly, uh, yeah, slowly, slowly darkening the beer as we get closer and closer to the scotch. Yeah, you're not a fan I'm... of the pumpkin beers. No, I, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, not sure how I I'm feel a man. about this. Like David, you're you're drinking an, <laughs> you're drinking an American beer, and it, there's less than a week before our national election. So, um, yeah, I've got mixed feelings about that. Mm. I think, you should, I, tell you. I think you should only be drinking Canadian <laughs> beer until after Monday. Pe- better just grab yourself a nice Pepsi. I swear I'm not sponsored. I wish I was. 
pick up a nice uh, microbrew from somewhere in Quebec. Thank you. Thank you. Balance it all out. That's all I, that's all I ask. Uh, well, like we said off the top, we're talking about Dragon Quest uh, Eleven for Switch uh, on this episode. And uh, to get us into the mood and to build us up towards it, I thought uh, it'd be a good idea to start off with a little bit of how we were introduced to the Dragon Quest series. Uh, so, Jordan, if you wanted to start off maybe just discussing your history with the franchise and sure. where you started, maybe uh, your favorite uh, your favorite entry. Yeah, I can talk about all that stuff. Um Dragon Quest is such a funny series to me because I think for the longest time, you know, and, and I guess in the period where I grew up, it was always like, you're either this kid or you're this kid, right? You're Nintendo or you're Sega, right? Or you're Nintendo 64 or you're, Play, or you're, or you're PlayStation 1 or something like that. And so the same thing happened, right? It's either you're Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest or you're Final Fantasy. And I was so firmly on the Final Fantasy side and I think a large part of that is that there were no Dragon Quest games in the West on Super Nintendo or N64 or GameCube or anything like that, right? We didn't get uh, games in the West until Dragon Quest 4, 5, and 6 came to DS. So between the NES releases of Dragon Warrior 1, 2, and 3, and then Dragon Quest 4, there's this long stretch of time where Dragon, uh, Dragon Quest series is not getting any representation in the West. And I think that's what helped me always think, like, yeah, I, oh, of course I prefer Final Fantasy. I've got Final Fantasy 4 and 6, two of my favorite games of all time, on my favorite console of all time, the Super Nintendo, which I, you know, I adored. I, I played uh, uh, religiously when I was younger and still still uh, have a fondness for it now. Um, so what happened, I think, was I don't, I don't remember owning any of the Dragon Warrior games on NES, but I probably played one for sure. And maybe two or three, I probably rented those games. And, you know, they were fine. I don't think I ever beat any of them when I was younger. Um, I think they're maybe a little bit tricky for someone who's probably around, you know, five years old at the time. Um, although somehow I managed to get through Final Fantasy 1 on NES, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that worked. But th there's something funny about the comparison there, right, between Dra Dragon Warrior 1 and Final Fantasy 1, where... I feel like Final Fantasy is the much more accessible game in terms of how you play it. Uh, you don't have to go to that stupid menu to open up doors or to talk to people or to buy things where everything is so menu-based. In Final Fantasy 1, you walk through a door. You hit A beside a treasure chest. You hit A beside a person you want to talk to. I feel like all of those things were a little bit more user-friendly. And given the age that I would have been at the time, I, I obviously gravitated towards something like that. Um... I would have played Dragon Quest IX on DS around its launch. I didn't play four through six uh, when they first came to DS. Um, leading up to the 3DS release of Dragon Quest Seven and Eight, I got really excited for those being localized uh, or coming to coming to the West eventually. Uh, I think there was a big campaign to try to get those brought over, right? Uh, lots of begging and pleading with Reggie that uh, you know we we really want to play them, and they finally got announced. So before those 3DS games came to uh, uh, came to the West, Dragon Quest 7 and 8, uh, I picked up and finished Dragon Quest 4, 5, and 6. Kind of all back-to-back. -back. This is probably during a summer where uh, maybe I don't have a, uh, maybe I don't have a lot, of, a lot of things to do. Maybe I, I got some vacation off work or something like that, or vacation off school. Um, of course, uh, I played 7 and 8 after that, uh, in kind of in succession, right? I think 7 came out around the fall, uh, and then Dragon Quest 8 was like January of the following year. Played those, really enjoyed them. Um, and of course I recently, uh, 
played Dragon Quest XI, which we're going to talk about in detail, and then reviewed Dragon Quest III on Switch, the, the port that got released uh, same day as Dragon Quest XI, uh, but almost a month ago now. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later, too. Um, I think Casey and I are one of the f- some of the few people that really maybe prefer or our favorite game might be Dragon Quest VII. Um, I really like a lot of the games in the series, uh, but Seven is my favorite just for the way that it builds a world that you go to small different islands, kind of solve their problems, and then move on. I like those compact kind of adventures within a larger one. So that's one of that's probably the main reason why Dragon Quest Seven appeals to me so much. Um, but I've been talking for a while. Like that, that's kind of that's kind of my history with the series. <laughs> um, I, I I have to say that. Um, Dragon Quest, if I were like listing my top like JRPGs of all time, I think it's Final Fantasy 4 and 6. And then there's probably a bunch of Dragon Quest games on that list that wouldn't have been there, let's say, five years ago. So I've really developed a fondness for the series, maybe as I've gotten older, uh, that I didn't have when I was younger. But if you had to pick one, you you said uh, 7 th- would be I your favorite. I think seven's probably my favorite, yeah. I don't know if I would go back to it because it's so damn long. My, you're talking about you know, sixty hours easily. easily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a a light estimate. Yeah, that's if you're that's if you're rushing through it, and probably if you know a fair bit about what to do. Um, so it's a hard game to go back to, I think. But I just have such a, I guess, strong memories of playing that game, just really enjoying it the most when I was playing it at the time. So, um, I, I recognize like five and eight are really good. Uh, 11 that we're going to talk about really really like that but I don't know that anything supplanted Dragon Quest 7 for me yet Casey what about what about you you've got uh, you've got a little bit of a history with the series too right yeah well ironically enough uh, Dragon Quest Heroes Rocket Slime um, is what got me into the series mm. yeah strangely enough um, DS game I remember playing it and like really just falling in love it was a super fun game and then Obviously, sort of being a, a side um, spinoff series, you know, of the mm-hmm. main game, I was like, well, let me get into this. And I feel like it was at a time that I actually was sort of in like a lull of gaming. And like it was like it, it sort of sparked like a retro um, gaming collection kick for me. Uh, so I remember I went and I like I was like, I need to get these Dragon Quest games and I need to get them complete in box. Um, hmm. so I had Dragon, uh, Dragon Warrior 1, 2, and 4 complete in box, um, and 3 was always, like, just a little too expensive, um, but, like, and I never got around to getting it, and sadly, uh, since I have sold off those other ones, uh, for whatever reason, I'm pretty sure, like, complete in box, they're, like, you know, pretty darn expensive, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, Dragon Dragon Warrior Four complete box like one fifty, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I you know I picked those up. Um, I actually I still had a copy of Dragon Warrior the original complete box because uh, <laughs> those are really cheap. Obviously with the Nintendo Power giveaway. Um, but yeah, so like I played a bunch of Dragon Dragon Warrior One. Um, I played a, a a good amount of two. I don't like. I can't really remember that much of four, to be honest with you. I mean, they're, they're all a little hazy. I never went all the way through them. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I was more—I was a Jimmy who was more into the collecting aspect of actually than actually getting through the full games. Uh, the first one, you know, obviously, really 
really elementary, right? Like you got one 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 man fighting one monster at a time, you know, going through, gotta save it, the king and stuff, and, and very, you know very early but it's fun to see how they progressed from like one to two was even just like a, a pretty big upgrade you know you get party members you face multiple enemies um and sort of how it went that way uh but then you know after that point like i sort of lulled off um and then you know when they were releasing seven and eight for the 3ds i was you know I'm like all right like i i have this fondness of the series but i've never really like beaten these games you know so actually seven was the first one i've ever you know uh rolled the credits on and like you said it's sort of uh one that most people would be like yeah you want to you might want to avoid that one you know especially you know if you're trying to get into the series it might not be the the greatest representation necessarily of how these games normally play out but like you said it's just i found it absolutely wonderful um, I, I mean, really there's something there's something special about the first game in a really really long series that you play all the way through right mm-hmm. like by the time dragon quest 7 came out there's already nine games in the series and then more spin-offs on top of that so for dragon quest 7 to be the first game and you you know that this is a big series you know it's one of the seminal rpg series right super popular in japan and growing in popularity in the west like for that to be the first game you finish, obviously it's gonna have a uh, an important place in your kind of your your gaming history, I guess. Yeah, it's gonna yeah ring a little stronger. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but it, just the way you build, like you are literally building the world. You know, y- yeah. you start out with that one island, and then you know, like you were saying before, you go to an island in the past. You sort of find out what, like, oh, this is what led to their extinction. I'm going to fix that problem, you know, me and my party, we're going to, you know, solve that, and then you go back to the present day, and now that island's still there, obviously, because you you saved it, and they were able to, you know, continue on, and you slowly put the world together, and it's just so cool, like, I remember, like, and like you said, they're all sort of self-contained little stories, and I just found them so interesting, like, the one you go, and they're, they're just, like, animals throughout the whole town and you're like this is so weird and and like then you dig a little deeper and you find out like oh those are like people you know what i mean like it it just very strange um little little stories and how they all sort of end up really truly building the world to um and and i just really loved how that played out i do have eight for the 3ds and i haven't started it yet which is I really need to because I know you that need one, too. It's really yeah, good. It's that, really really good. That one's held in super high regard as well. Um, actually, Square Enix had like a online sale a few years ago um, where like everything was super cheap. But the problem was, you know, the shipping was like, oh, like I can get this game for like ten bucks, but the shipping's ten bucks. So naturally, what did I do? I just bought all the games. So then that, that $10 <laughs> shipping wasn't so bad. Yeah, so I yeah. got, like, all the Dragon Quests, a bunch of Final Fantasies. Uh, so actually a couple months back, um, and I believe it was planned for a uh, a Thirsty Mage episode, but then just other games came up. Uh, I, I was playing some Dragon Quest Five, and I was really enjoying that on the DS. Um, that's a game, again, I think most people at least... I mean, th- there's a, a wide range of what the quote-unquote best game would be, right? But more often than not, you see 5 and 8 uh, atop the list or, or pretty darn close to it. So those yeah. are definitely games that I, I do really want to plan on playing through. Um, I could see, like, obviously I'm, I'm going to beat 11. Um, and then after that, 
I mean, I'll probably want to break because I know 11's a long game too, but it, like 8 is definitely on the radar, and, and I know uh, the 3DS version was a very good version of it, so that's sort of definitely at some point I need to get through. But yeah, I mean, as for as much love as I have for the series, it's my, the actual completion of these games aren't there, you know? So, so that's something I definitely want to work on, um, and... I just, like I said, it, I just love the, the style and the feel and the vibe of these games. You know, like, of course, Final Fantasy games, you get, like, some of them are a little more lighthearted and whatnot. But, like, uh, generally, like, it's more serious, you know, like, we're, and and I, I, I love that about them. But I also, but then you come to Dragon Quest and, like, the enemies are so silly, you know what I mean? And, like, you got all these, like jingles and tunes and tones that are pretty upbeat and and i just love that about it and you know it it knows what it is and it it sticks to its guns and just delivers uh like a really great traditional jrpg i'm uh i'm curious uh david i know you want to jump here i'm very curious casey after after you play eight if you still prefer seven over eight so you'll have to let me let us know about that because i think that uh, a lot of people, maybe after playing those back to back, would say, "Oh, eight is definitely the better game because it's a lot more, uh, it's a lot quicker to get to what people would consider the exciting parts or the fulfilling parts." So mm. uh, after you do that, I'll be curious about that. What do you mean? Um, I wanted to... you, you get right sure. into the exhilarating part. You know, nice two hours of no combat or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> or twenty hours, twenty hours before you can change classes, right? Yeah, like, like oh my god, you can change your class. <laughs> it is insane. It is insane. But I, one more, th- I do want to add one more. Th- thing about dragon quest 7 before we call turn this into a dragon quest 7 podcast um there's something so fulfilling about seeing you see the fruits of your labor right you open up an island you go back you solve their problems you jump ahead to the present and you realize what you've done you've you've gone and fixed something kind of like a butterfly effect type thing right Mm -hmm. um you don't get a lot of games that give you that in small bite-sized pieces generally they give you that at the end right you beat, yeah, the uh, I don't know, you beat, you beat a game like Final Fantasy IV, and then you go and you see how the world, all the places in the world have changed as a result of defeating Zeromus, right? And, yeah, okay, it, it, to, it maybe makes the ultimate payoff really good, but throughout the journey, you're not getting those kind of uh, bite-sized pieces of feedback or updates on all the towns that you've rescued along the way no one's really happy until you've beat the big bad at the end of the game so dragon quest 7 kind of turns that idea on its head and it has these individual kind of micro quests or micro games if you want that the storyline finishes it revolves or it it, uh, it pays off and then you move on to the next storyline i really love that about it but yeah sorry david we've been talking for a long time <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, Dragon Quest Eleven really is the the first Dragon Quest I've put a considerable, like a, a good amount of time into. Um, I was kind of same with you in the history where I had Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior. Yeah. Uh, for the NES, but I could just never, I just never got into Dragon Warrior. I just, I'd rather play Final Fantasy over and over. It just, it didn't catch me. And um, growing up, I was, I was more of a console player, so. The fact that Dragon Quest was more uh, in the mobile space, uh, like I was a bit of a later adopter on DS and 3DS, so they were, they were just never ones that I looked to pick up. For Dragon, uh, as Casey was saying about Dragon Quest V, actually, I was uh, playing with him actually this mm-hmm. summer um, that we had started it a bit, so I, I got a f- few hours into it. I thought it was kind of neat, the, the dual screen use on the DS. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
but um, as as I've put more time into Dragon Quest Eleven, there's there's things that really stick out. Like it's one of the things that seems to be most consistent, or the three things that I find most consistent in the Dragon Quest series in general, and and especially in Eleven, is um so uh, Toriyama uh, Toriyama's artwork, uh, Sugiyama's uh, soundtrack. And it's unapologetic devotion to traditional turn-based combat. Mm. Like that's what makes it's it so, so beautiful. I know, and it's funny too because, like, uh, as a Final Fantasy fan myself, like Final Fantasy, I've always kind of looked at as the uh, kind of like the the future lead. Like the they're always looking ahead. Like what what can we do that's new? Like cutting edge. Um, they they don't seem to have any problems experimenting with um, moving on. Like, th- there's no that the, they certainly um, pay tribute to the past, especially when you look at uh, a lot of games that w- kind of base a lot of the storylines on, or or there's always nods to older Final Fantasies. But I always find like they're always willing to move on to something new, like Final Fantasy 15, for example, being such a uh, change change to the series and that sort of thing but yeah dragon quest 11 it just it knows what it is and and just keeps on uh going back to the well yeah it, it seems like final fantasy it, it has some threads that are you know continued throughout each game but yeah they're they're you know it's pretty dang drastic you know and especially you know you get different tweaks on the battle system or like you said i mean obviously from final fantasy 1 to 15 like the evolution you know what i mean it's like it's like nintendo's controllers you know each iteration just completely different and weird dragon yep. quest is yeah, like exactly. a good old playstation controller you know it's <laughs> true and tried you know <laughs> <That's right>. um <laughs> but yeah no they 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 stick to their guns and they just like you said they they give you that wonderful turn-based combat now it's actually sort of funny i, I haven't looked it up in dragon quest 11 right you can move around your characters but does that affect anything? Because you know, I, like we were playing, like when I played Nino Cooney, right? You could rain, like I could run away from enemies, and I would be out of their melee range, you know, so they would miss me, or they'd have to try and chase me and catch me. And you could, you know, sort of just kite the enemy around. I mean, if they hit a spell, you know, that's gonna hit your distance. Like that doesn't matter. But it seems like even if you try and like run away from an enemy in Dragon Quest Eleven they just run up and smack anyway. So like, is that just, just for funsies or is there something I missed for? It seems that way to me, unless there's, unless I'm not far enough into the game that that takes effect. But yeah, I've, I noticed, uh, I was holding, holding the control stick and I'm like, Hey, my guy's moving. I wonder if I can sneak up behind the, the enemy and if it makes a difference, but it, yeah, it seems like it's it, it just sort of. It hasn't seemed to yeah, for like me. To yeah, occupy it, your time. it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. It's just. It's just so you can see things differently, or maybe if you want to take a take a screenshot or something, you could arrange the characters in a funny way. But yeah, it, it's a very uh, kind of impractical thing because you, you'd think there's so many RPGs where yeah, you get close, maybe you can do more damage or do a do a critical hit from behind, or you need to be at a certain uh, distance to do a ranged attack or cast a spell. It it literally has no no effect on the game at all. So I have no idea why why they even included that. Really, uh, if it's just for camera consideration, but okay, I think yeah. a lot of people end up playing and just turn that off and just go to the classic mode instead. See, when I turned it to the classic mode, I didn't like the angle they were giving mm, me, okay. so I well, just I kept it in that. 
I don't remember what they exactly call it, but the the default uh, battle way. But I just never really like move them around. Like I still very yeah. much. But then I mean, on occasion, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I thought the the angle was sort of strange when you went to the classic. I do. I do want to get more into the combat, but I, I just want to add one more thing because you guys have brought up Final Fantasy. I think it's it's almost inevitable, or you, you kind of have to talk about final fantasy when you bring up dragon quest maybe not the other way around but david you said something about final fantasy kind of looking forward and looking what are they going to do differently how are they looking to the future of that franchise and dragon quest does the opposite right it's always looking behind and thinking okay how do we stay true to our roots how do we keep bringing dragon quest forward and and keeping as much of the past as we can we don't want to lose that essence right if they change dragon quest too much I imagine their fan base would get very upset because it wouldn't feel like Dragon Quest anymore. Whereas Final Fantasy, they're kind of just like with every, with every new game, they're like fuck the past. Let's just do something completely different. And we're yeah, there might be Moogles, there might be Phoenix Downs and Elixirs. Uh, you might even see Biggs and Wedge or something like that. But the hilarious thing is well, Biggs the, and Wedge. There, there'll definitely be a Sid. Yeah, there the will be a Sid of some. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one, right? The goat. That's the one carryover yeah. of every game. Um, but. I I don't know that I would call myself a Final Fantasy fan anymore. Mm. I'm a fan of certain games. I'm a fan of four and six and seven and nine, and maybe maybe ten as well. But I don't know if I'm a fan of the series anymore because I feel like the way they're going, Final Fantasy VII remake aside, I I I doubt I will like Final Fantasy sixteen because mm. if Final Fantasy sixteen is going to be a, an iteration on fifteen. It's going away from what I like, whereas Dragon Quest Eleven is going towards what I like. So I, I'm I can thorough, I can you know definitely say I'm a Dragon Quest fan. I'm happy to go back to those games and really enjoy them. But there's a lot of Final Fantasy games that just I turn me off quite a bit, and so it's hard for me to say I'm a fan of that uh, that franchise anymore. Are you telling me that Final Fantasy is the Pepsi of RPGs for you? You used to like it, now you don't. <laughs> I, I no, well, I I appreciate you trying to keep getting me to say yes. I love Pepsi, Casey. I, I, I you're doing you're doing a good job. You know, you keep keep baiting me there. Um, it's again, it's not that I don't love Final Fantasy anymore. I still have a, a special fondness for four and six, and I I I think about going back to play those games. I've got a bunch of the games on GBA, and we saw uh, today there was that announcement of the analog uh, Game Boy device which is going to be able to play your Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game, uh, Game Boy Advance games uh, on, a, on a really nice screen with a backlight. It's got a dock built in. Uh, I, I, I Normally, I don't really gravitate towards those consoles that can play older games um, or play like five, if they, they have five systems built into one. Mm-hmm. But I'm very interested in this analog Game Boy because I've got all these old Game Boy RPGs, including the Final Fantasies, that I really do want to revisit. I've never really played Final Fantasy V. I want to do that. But we're getting off track a little bit here. I, I can say without without reservation that any of the Dragon Quest games I would like to go back to. Any of any of the eleven, I mean that. But Final Fantasy, there there are there are some that I, I do not want to revisit at all. I do not want to go back to two. I I have no interest in the MMOs. Even thirteen, it's a morbid curiosity. It's not like I think I'm gonna enjoy those games. I what about I eight? Yeah, I, I started eight. I played about maybe a couple hours, and I, I wasn't hating it. Uh, sorry, David. I, I, I do think I might. I do think I might enjoy that. 
Uh, I still don't understand the combat system and, and the drawing uh, of elements to use. Um, but I, I will get back to that at some point when we ever see uh, another parting of the seas, of a uh, parting of the sea of games, you know? Yeah. There, are, there are no lulls anymore. Yeah, but... I need to... I owe David a Final Fantasy VIII playthrough. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. Like, I, I definitely want to do that and, and have an episode on Final Fantasy VIII. Um, but there was n- nothing, at least in the first couple hours, that's like, oh, man, like, I, I, I cannot put this down. It's not like Dragon Quest XI, which is kind of our main topic right now. I could not stop playing this game. It is exactly the kind of RPG that I like. Um, if I if I were the one reviewing it, it would have been hard for me not to give this game a 10 because I think it is. I think it's amazing. It might even be my favorite entry in the series now, mm. just because of just just honestly, just because of the fact you can play in two D or three D. I think that is the coolest thing, and I I would I would pay three times retail price for another RPG to do the same thing, because it is such a neat idea. Well, I I won't hold your Final Fantasy disloyalty against you, but uh, the, the the bouncer is coming over to throw you. <laughs> I'm off the I'm off the podcast. And David, when you say the bouncer, you're talking about the Square Enix PS2 game, is that right? I'm pretty sure there's a Square Enix uh, representative on hand at all times. That's <laughs> they're always they're always listening, right? They've got eyes every eyes and ears That's everywhere. Right. So Nintendo has their ninjas, and uh, Square Enix has their samurai. You know who so. I think it is? I think it's those people in the Netherlands. They're listening to us on Spotify. I'm gonna say those <laughs> are the Square right. Enix ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, going going back to this Dragon Quest roots, like uh, the thing as a newbie, a relative newbie to the Dragon Quest, the the thing like Toriyama's artwork, it, it doesn't like even with as little as I've played of Dragon Quest, I could still point out Toriyama's artwork mm-hmm. wherever I see it. Like it's it's so distinct. Like, and I think it's funny too. I, I was trying to look at the characters and. I think the biggest thing for me is the eyes. It's like Toriyama has copyrighted the look of the eyes. That just that's what screams his artwork to me. But it's 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 it is beautiful. And as Casey was saying with um the Dragon Quest series, like the 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 ridiculousness of the uh, enemies is hilarious. And all the wonderful puns. Yeah, I think there was like well there was like some kind of like cucumber that was walking around. Oh, at the I love him. Yep. <laughs> yeah like it's just I, I'm yeah trying the, to think the enemies are and then i think like the rabbits there was like rabbits that were holding weapons and stuff like it's deli- delightfully silly, oh the I cruel cumber <laughs> cruel cumber yeah yes that's it cruel. they all have great yeah. names too yeah the names and the look of them it's so it's so bloody charming and whimsical like i just love it like you can't you, you don't you don't look at the enemies and think oh these these are guys these guys are really scary yeah they're imposing, imposing. They they look silly like but but it's hilarious to to encounter them right like it almost it it almost makes random encounters if you're doing that or I guess if you're just running around in the world uh, in 3D and they pop up like it's like oh like I, I just kind of want to look at this character I want to I want to do a 360 and see like what do these characters look like from all angles because they're so cool absolutely and uh, Jordan you you've, Jordan you played uh, Dragon Quest Eleven on PS4 and I know one of the big differences between PS4 and the Switch version is the symphonic soundtrack is it that noticeable the difference i uh i david i actually didn't play dragon quest 11 on ps4 i think you might have oh, been the only okay. one that had it oh I, n- I never played dragon quest 11 on uh on the ps4 uh, myself yeah. okay unfortunately I, I don't think any of us can make like, a comparison then yeah I, I, did. Okay. I i was waiting for the switch version because i think the switch version got announced 
before the PS4 game launched, right? It got announced bef- even before the the Switch got announced or before it was, yeah, but, it, while it was still it was the, the NX, NS, right? Or the, NX, right, yeah. The very yeah. first I, so Switch I, game. I, I deliberately waited on the game. I was actually waiting to see if the 3DS game was going to get localized. I would have played that. But I, at any rate, I ended up waiting for the Switch version. So I, I can't tell you the, the comparison there. Like, I do I do enjoy the soundtrack. But I do have to say there's a few times where it just seemed a little um, too boisterous. Mm, yeah. Where uh, you'd get maybe, like, the trumpets, like, really get loud in a few of the places. To the point where I'm like, maybe I'll turn the music down a bit. Just because... And same with the battle theme, where the the battle theme starts off with that really shrill horn. Yeah. <laughs> where and and so the battle theme, like so the the music I liked, but the battle theme uh, kind of grated on me after a while. I I think the the battle theme beginning, like you said, I think that is a little annoying when it keeps coming up. But I think the theme overall, I think it's got staying power. Like I think you could fight in a longer battle, and I think it's it doesn't get boring to me. Um, so I, I like the battle theme overall, even though I don't like the opening of it. Um, I do think the music's good. I think what's funny is that each of the towns has their own kind of music theme and they're very, mm, maybe safe or like, I, I like the look of every, I like how every town you go to looks very different. It has a, a unique feel to it, but I feel like the, the themes that you hear, uh, the music themes you hear in each town are a little bit boring or bland you know i prefer the overworld theme um some of the kind of uh cut uh, maybe cutscene or story related themes i think that come up are good yeah they're um, just not overly memorable no they, they they're they're just they're pleasant they're elevator music you know they don't stand out as much to me i think maybe the the soundtrack of other dragon quest games has uh uh maybe been a little bit uh um uh, Maybe hitting that, hitting that, uh, hitting that button for me, hitting the nail on the head of of that kind of RPG music I want to hear. I didn't get as much of that. For me, it's it's all about the sound effects. Like I I'm I I love, but the sound effects are the the same in every game, right? So uh, it's hard to say. Oh, it's one thing I loved here. (laughs) I love that in all the in the whole series. So, like uh, you're talking about, like the combat. like a, I, I can even hear like the little like the the slashing the yeah the I'm thinking and like of level like ups. the 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 level up yeah. the the saving at the church the in theme that plays um yeah stuff yeah, stuff like you, that when right? you Where, go to bed you know yeah exactly like all all of those are just kind of renditions of of another one from a previous game and uh, to me those are one of the things that makes Dragon Quest what it is is this carryover of very familiar elements that you hear or see very often. So what I'm gathering from you guys is that neither of you have have tired of the traditional turn based turn based combat yet. Nope. I'll, I I don't think I ever will. I I will always prefer it. Yeah. And I think there's there's something about the strategy of it that it's not about how fast you put something in. It's about kind of thinking what what's the order what's going to be the order of events here. And how do I, how do I maximize my efficiency on every turn? Especially or if I'm just grinding, it's super fast. The grinding is super fast. You just keep hitting, you keep hitting the action button, right? You don't need to, you don't need to look and see what you're doing. You can just, you just grind is the perfect word for it. Cause you're really just grinding away at the buttons on your controller mm-hmm. without even having to worry about it. Right. I love that element. Yeah. And as far as like the uh, sort of strategy of battles too, um, you get a lot of different spells that have different, you know, uses, and they all have like, you know, not necessarily, um, you know, straightforward names like 
in mm-hmm. where you have to sort of read the descriptions until you sort of familiarize yourself with them. But, you know, it's um, I don't know how spoiler free we're trying to get like, I don't want to I'm trying to think I was just up to a boss. Um, I don't know. Do we do we want to do light spoilers or or just avoid it? Let's at all? let's let's uh, let's avoid talking about um, specific character, no, character number eight. Let's just, I think anything before character number eight is okay. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, I'm, I have seven. Yeah, so yeah, that, you're, you're, you're good. Okay. The seven, everyone, everyone knows about the seven. The seven is in the advertising. Okay, yeah. So essentially, I just fought a big octopus boss. Mm. And he was, uh, he attacked my boat. Um, and I got up to him and he just, like, de- destroyed me. Um, I was under, <laughs> I was like, I was level 21 ish. 21 22 um and it was one of those i don't shy away from battles you know what i mean i i definitely i do it my fair share but i guess i was not doing enough um and essentially he has two tentacles and then his main body and at first i was like all right I'll take these tentacles out and then i'll just you know chop away at the head and then uh they come back but they don't come back at full health so i'm like i wonder if i need to if the mechanic is to sort of you know kill it you know, a few times until it doesn't come back. Essentially, I was like, all right, I just need to grind it out, um, which I did when I was flying back from Perry's, actually. Air, airplane grinding. And, uh, like, I felt more powerful, but it was still a sense of being strategic about it, you know, sapping him and lowering that, you know, you know, I, I believe sap is defense, right? Yep, lowers defense. Yeah, so it lets me get in there and, and attack more, and then using the spell that, you know, uh, from Rab, which was like 22, you know, uh, health points per turn, you know, because some of his moves, he just sort of string like three of them together and just do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. So it, it's fun, like you said, like where you could sort of stop to think about it. You know, you're not rushing to, to get an input in before, you know, it's too late. It's like, no, you can go methodically about it. And that that's why I'll always prefer the turn-based. And that's why, really, I was, like, I've only recently sort of opened up to, like, the action uh, RPG. You know, I mean, I guess if you think of, like, Diablo as, like, an action RPG. But, I, like, that's a different style of game Diablo, Diablo's its own thing, though, right? Considering where Diablo started and just how much of a phenomenon I think Diablo 2 was... I, I think there's a lot of people that might be Diablo fans, but not even want to play other action RPGs. Yeah, because it's so different, right? And, and that's uh, yeah, we've talked about, we've talked about Diablo. Oh before. yeah, oh, but, Diablo um, Four soon, dude. Um, they, uh, they, uh, oh, God, I want to talk about BlizzCon so badly, but we'll we'll get there. Uh, Casey, I do want to talk about two things that you brought up. One is the uh, the kind of the grinding that you're doing, and and whether you're choosing to encounter enemies in th- in the 3D mode. Because I I I played the whole game in 2D. You monster! And uh, you no, know, it was great. I I, I I'll, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but the the names of the spells, right? That's another thing that's carried over from Dragon Quest to Dragon Quest uh, entry. And yeah, if you don't know what the spells the names mean, then you might you might have a harder time with this game right you might need to do a lot of trial and error to figure it out um whereas if you're familiar with it you know that frizzle is more powerful than frizz you know that so adding that le suffix to the end of a word means it's the more powerful version or you know that sizz or sizzle are the ones that hit a group of enemies rather than just one enemy right it's still a fire spell 
uh, or that you know that Boom and Bang are the only ones that hit every monster on the field rather than mm-hmm. just groups. So there's a lot of small little things that Dragon Quest does that if you've never played a Dragon Quest entry, but you've played other JRPGs, you might find them weird or, or suspicious, I suppose. Uh, and you do have to kind of get used to that. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was just about grinding uh, and the traditional turn-based combat. Uh, because I played the whole game in 2D mode, you th- there's random encounters, right? So there's no way to avoid battles unless you run from them. Mm-hmm. So what I found was playing the whole game, I never really had to grind because just the, the random encounter rate is, is fairly high. It's not... It's not like Breath of Breath of Fire. It's not egregious. It's not it's not making the game unplayable, but it is it is high. And I guess what that does is it it means that if you're fighting every battle you encounter, you're gonna be at the right level for every boss fight. Not too high, not too low, but a good level so that you're gonna have some challenge, uh, but not feel overwhelmed by it. And so that's one thing I really liked about playing in two D is. Uh, that I felt like I was always at the right place where I was supposed to be. Yeah, nice. Whereas in the three D, you got to pick and choose, right? You got to pick and choose which overworld enemies you want to encounter. Yeah, like I said, I, I never really shied away from it, but and pretty much, I feel like I get to an area, I'd fight a bunch, and then I'd get to a point where I'd be like, all right, now I'm going to sort of streamline it to where I got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just found a nice relaxing spot on the beach, and uh, I just killed a bunch of crabs. And some like misty people, like like they were just like pink mist bobs, um, mm. and yeah, did that for like an hour and a half, and then I was good to go. Then you, then the plane the plane had landed. Yep, exactly. Yep, I was like, I, I remember, well, we were like pulling in, and normally I feel like you land, everyone's like taking their seatbelt off, getting ready to jump off the plane. I was like, oh, I was like, let me just do a couple. I want to get, I want to, I want to hit a level before I leave. And then I did. You, you hit the you hit the call button. You tell the the stewardess or um, the uh, flight attendant. Uh, could you tell the pilot to you know do a few more loops around the airport? I'm not quite level thirty yet. <laughs> well, and ironically enough, I like I kept going one more, one more, and then I was like, all right, I gotta go. And then the the first battle I got back, uh, I leveled up, and I was like, go figure. Of course. <laughs> so David, what about you? Like, what do you how do you feel about the turn based combat in Dragon Quest Eleven, or maybe just turn based combat in general? Uh, well, uh, as uh a final fantasy fan i'm i still enjoy the turn-based combat Mm. it does uh it does feel like it it, i don't want to say it feels old but it it feels familiar i guess um like you're saying with with the spells like i i'm not familiar with them at all Mm. but to me like having the understanding of like uh fire is better than fire Mm. and um that sort of thing so that was easy enough to kind of follow along yeah it's the same kind of thing um yeah, so uh, so I, I I felt at home like I, I didn't have any issues with the with the playing or anything like that. I don't know. It's uh, I think I've just kind of been conditioned to wondering like what's new, what's next, that sort of thing. Like I I know with Final Fantasy they don't always like thirteen is a perfect example of uh, we tried something new and it didn't work, and then we made two more of them. <laughs> yeah so so i mean you always run the risk of that but i i guess i i kind of gotten used to and enjoy finding out like what's you know trying something new or trying something innovative that sort, sort of what of the twist is on that specific battle system yeah well even with 15 i didn't i didn't necessarily like the battle system right away but it kind of grew on me and 
like I I played Final Fantasy 15 a couple years ago on my Xbox One, and I I actually just recently started it back up on my when I because I got a PlayStation Four and I picked it up again, and I actually appreciate it even more now where it's like yeah this is, it feels kind of like I know people shit on it but it, it still feels new like neat and fun so. So I, I don't mind the change. And then looking at like Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is funny because it's kind of like a, going back to old old ground. Um, but that combat system looks new and fresh at the same time too. And it kind of like takes that turn-based strategy, but then gives it a, a modern take, um, which is which is pretty neat. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that turns out because it is the first true, I think, kind of amalgamation of the two styles where you really are using both at the at the same time uh, during combat so yeah really really curious to see how that's going to go um if i'm getting kicked off the podcast for saying i'm not a final fantasy fan you almost got kicked off for saying that turn-based combat is old (laughs) (laughs) we're 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 gonna be careful with the the audience we've got here so um i i I get that though I, i get that it feels old because we've had it's been around for such a long time and we've played so many of these games that have used the tur- the traditional turn-based combat and not tried to deviate too much. I think it's why I, I think the three of us can can attest to this. Like games like Bravely Default or um, Octopath Traveler, like where they do they take the turn-based combat and do something different with it. Not 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 something in an action way, but just they they change a mechanic uh, or they add something to kind of how you become more efficient with the turn-based combat. And that's that's the cool way of tweaking it. <clears throat> for for the maybe the modern age right it's not necessarily having to do action inside your turn based but just changing the turn base slightly kind of pivoting a little bit and that, that's that's yeah. what i want to see more of like i'm not saying i prefer dragon quest 11 combat to bravely default or octopath i don't but uh i think maybe that's maybe i, I don't know that dragon quest series would ever go in that direction either yeah well that's that's what i like agree with you totally there because i i don't like I'm not even really an action RPG fan myself. Like there's very few that I I like, but I I like the idea of Ease eight baby. Yeah, just uh, thinking of think like having a different thought process to the turn base. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just like you know there's your fight and there's your magic, but having like combos or or having um just different ways to manipulate the system mm-hmm. to to play with it to to think about it just. Like, I, I don't want to just have the same experience. Like, I just, you don't need to add in anything crazy, but maybe just to, uh, tweaks here just to make me think think differently. Um, I just wanted to finish up the Dragon Quest XI uh, discussion with uh, a question, because you guys are both veterans of the series. Is there anything in Dragon Quest XI um, that maybe they were a little sneaky about making it new? Or do you feel that Dragon Quest XI is just com- uh, like a complete stick to tradition kind of experience? Well, I, Jordan's definitely going to be a, a better source of information on that. But as far as I'm concerned, um, so far it seems pretty, pretty uh, to the formula, you know, and just delivering. Like, like I said, I mean, this is one of the like most beautiful games like I've played in a while. It's there's so many points where I'm just like wow you know like you stop and you turn around i've taken a, like what feels like a million screenshots um that's why like i i did mess a little bit around with the 2d and the the 2d the pixels look great too you know like the the pixel art looks awesome but like this game has to be played in 3d like it is 
I feel like you're you're missing out on the the amazing cities and towns you're you're going into and exploring and you're missing out on the expressions of these characters you know what I mean and how expressive they are with one another you know like I just feel like you gotta play it in 3d you know um but yeah as far as like new mechanics or anything like it it feels very much like they're just they stick to their guns no matter what you know yeah, Dragon Quest Eleven is a it's a funny game. David, can you ask me that question again? Because I want to want to make sure I'm answering it properly. Oh, I'm just curious if if Dragon Quest, like based on um, the Dragon Quest that came before it, mm. is, is there something in Dragon Quest Eleven where a traditionalist would say, um, you know, well that's new or uh, I haven't seen that before, yeah. and and if there is that thing, do you like it or do you? Like when Dragon Quest Dragon Quest Twelve comes along, are you hoping that it's it's um the same sure. stick to traditional principles? Yeah. So uh the the two things that come to mind are uh there's a place in Dragon Quest Eleven called Tickington. It's a town that allows you to visit the worlds of Dragon Quest one through nine, and I think that's a that's a fascinating idea that inside eleven you can go to the world of Dragon Quest 1 or Dragon Quest 4 or Dragon Quest 8 and meet the characters there and solve, help them solve some of their problems. I think it's such a cool thing. I don't know that I want 12 to do that, but it's something that never happened in any of the other games, but it happened in this one. I think I, I and I really did appreciate that. Um, I mean, I, I keep coming back to this idea, but the 2D and 3D, I, I, I would kill to see that in the next Dragon Quest game. It is completely different. I think it changes the experience so much playing it one one way versus the other. And Casey, you brought that up. Like you dabbled in the the 2D form. I I did the same thing. I played a little bit in 3D, but I played 95% in 2D. And I regret it. I regret I regret that the first time I played through the whole game, I missed out on the voice acting and the beautiful the beautiful cityscapes and the kind of the the different environments in the world. And the, the, the way the characters look and talk and all that. Uh, I regret that my playthrough of this game that I will have for the next maybe couple of years or so uh, before I go back to it is going to be a 2D playthrough. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. Like, I really, really enjoyed playing it in 2D. I'm not I don't regret. I, I just, I'm not saying I didn't I didn't not saying I didn't like it, but I feel like I missed out on an even maybe an even better game. Uh, and a, a game that's a little bit different even. Um, so I, I would still like to have that choice in Dragon Quest Twelve. I don't know. I, I, I don't think they'll do that. I think it was a special kind of uh, trying to make the Switch version different. Mm -hmm. But then again, then again, the 3DS version also had the 2D and 3D to some extent, where you'd see the 3D view on the top screen and the 2D view on the bottom screen. So you actually got both at the same time. And I feel like that's maybe that's that's almost the definitive. I was going to say the true definitive edition. Right. Yeah. If it had the HD graphics, it certainly would be. Um, other than that, David, I don't know. I think it's I think it everything else is so very similar to the previous games. The story, the characters, the, uh, the I think the cities are a little bit more fleshed out in this game. Um, I miss the classes. I miss uh, sorry. I miss uh, the job, the job system. I prefer being able to change job classes for the characters, so I I hope that Dragon Quest Twelve has that instead. Uh, I did like the way there were skill trees for the characters in this game, 
but to me that's second that that's kind of second place behind having a true job system uh like dragon quest 7 or um uh, i think dragon quest 6 has one as well uh yeah I, I i prefer when i can kind of mix and match with different classes and open up like the more advanced classes and stuff like that i i prefer my dragon quest games in that way so uh three had three as job classes as well uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, my, my final thought on Dragon Quest XI is it, it is an amazing RPG and one of the best of the generation. Uh, and if you haven't played it you and you're an RPG fan, you're doing yourself a disservice. It is it is wonderful. Uh, do you have any final thoughts uh, on Dragon Quest XI, Casey? Uh, well, like I said, I, I'm, I still have uh, quite a way to go, uh, but I'm definitely enjoying it. Um, like I said, you know, I think if you do fire it up, you should definitely start in 3D and, you know... Mm-hmm jump like you said you could jump at i don't want to say any point i mean you can jump to 2d at any point it's going to probably bring you back a little bit in the story i just did it as a separate save just so i can experience and i feel like it was actually a good uh sort of feel for the the comparison because i did a segment jump back to 2d then did that same segment and got to see okay like this is how they compare that's really cool like I love seeing it in pixel, you know, the the this way and that way, you know, vice uh comparing them one like pretty much back to back, you know, being able to compare them. But yeah, I would, like I said, highly recommend uh going 3D and um but yeah, I I look forward to putting plenty of more hours into this and and seeing it all the way through. Yeah, I'll just finish up with uh, agreeing with um with you about the 3D like it, it just it kind of just seeing how how big and beautiful everything is and the, how how beautiful the artwork is and seeing all of the there's so many nature shots that are very beautiful like um lakes and streams and trees and uh mountains it just it it makes it worth uh, sticking in 3D and even that that uh, the very beginning in the in the kind of tutorial section having that dragon chase you through the cave just looked uh, it was oh it yeah it was fun yeah. like it just it and like yeah. you just and just to, I know, sort of piggyback on what you said about me, piggyback on mine, um, just the characters too, you know, they're so expressive and, and the story, and they're so funny, like, Silvando is, like, he's my favorite, you know, but it's funny because when he first comes in, like, you're, you know, the the guys in your party are sort of like, who is this freaking guy, you know, and, and like, the, the girls in the party are sort of, like, enamored, like, oh, like, he's so, like, great and fun, and and just see like uh, Veronica, who's you know sort of uh, has a little bit of an attitude, you know. And just to see like the one part where he sort of is like, you know, you you do like touch my friends, you know, I'm gonna hurt you. And then like they like pan down to her, and she's like, yeah, you do that to my friends, honey, you know, which is something he says, you know. And, and like it's just really really cute and funny, and I think uh, you know it just adds so much more to you know i didn't do that part in 2d but like i i can't imagine it would have uh rang as strong in 2d um as it did you know in 3d being able to see their facial expressions and everything this is the last call for alcohol this evening drink up drink up drink up and order again well it's kind of been thirsty mage tradition to to go overly long in our episodes and it's kind of been pissing off the bartender, so they've introduced a uh, a last call, <laughs> and so uh, and so to get to get us out of here, uh, the bartender is is waving us over, telling us it's time for last call. But like with any last call, 
we can't leave the bar without an argument <laughs> because we've had a few drinks. The night's getting late. I know myself, I'm prone to uh, to throw out an opinion or two. And so uh, for this episode's uh, last call, I'm going to go ahead and, and make the controversial statement that uh, I, w- I want to ask you guys is is we, we touched about it in the beginning a little bit that the Dragon Quest uh, around the same time Dragon Quest 11 came out, the Dragon Quest, there was Dragon Quest ports that came to switch. Uh, Dragon Quests one through three. Now, now uh, these these the, the the ports are from the wrong games. Unfortunately, the, these are not the original Dragon Quest one, two, and three. In my opinion, these are these are ports of ports of ports. This this is the mobile version of what the games were. Now, in, in my like, j- this is this is a personal preference. But for me, if I'm playing a port of a game, th- there's two types of ports that I want to play. One is either that it's um, faithful to the original game with maybe some quality of life improvements. Uh, so examples uh, of this type would be like uh, we've seen all the Final Fantasies like 7, 8, 9 all come to Switch. They are generally the same game to a certain extent. There's been some minor improvements with like HDing the, the characters and that sort of thing a little bit. Um, and then the 3 speed and that sort of thing. But then you also have makeovers um, like Final Fantasy Origins on the PlayStation, which was a uh, a redo of the original Final Fantasy, and that was a pretty top to bottom like the the bar- the structurally the, it was Final Fantasy one, but all the sprites were redone. Uh, they added like uh, FMVs and that sort of thing. Um, or you have like the Trials of Mana remake that's that's uh, coming to consoles uh, next year. Uh, which is uh, a, a 3D remake of the Trials of um, Trials of Mana that uh, didn't come out until recently for the SNES game. But these Dragon Quest ports that we got, uh, they're ugly. They're clearly based off mobile. The text is awful to the point where it's almost hard to read. I don't think Square Enix deserves their money for these games. Boom. So I... <laughs> a couple things. Um <laughs> I, I agree. I I agree that these are absolutely bare bones ports. Nothing's nothing's been added to them. It's basically just taking the mobile versions and putting them straight on Switch. Um, do you think we should play them on phones instead? Like I I, I don't feel like there's a, a great alternative for these games. That, that's the kind of the crux of my argument is that if you want to play Dragon Dragon Quest one, two, or three, this might be the best alternative like you're not going to track down you're not going to play the original nes version because they're, they're slow they're they're very inaccessible um and i i don't i mean yeah i love i like the the pixel graph of the 8-bit look of them but I, th- I think it's very hard to go back to those games um you could fi- you could try to track down the game boy color versions but those are incredibly fi- uh, hard to find as well the game boy uh, color had uh, a package of one and two which i think is a pretty good kit and that might be the the you know ideal version but it's so hard to get that one and if you're gonna you're gonna spend 20 times what you would to play uh any of these games on switch so i think for for five eight or ten bucks i think that it is it is worth picking up at least one of these games especially if you've never played a dragon quest game before you'll get a good sense of what the combat is like what the world is like what the story is like even though it won't have the the visual fidelity that you want, it it has the sprites against the pixel backgrounds. Um, the pixel backgrounds still look good, like the the the, the settings still look good. It's just the people in the world that look dumb by comparison. 
Mm. But the truth is, and I, I re- again, I said I reviewed Dragon Quest Three on Switch. You you eventually start to just look past it, and you you start appreciating what you actually like about Dragon Quest games. Um, the the grind, the the collecting of mini medals, the uh, kind of sailing around the world and going to different towns. Like you, those elements are still intact, right? And I think to me, those are the things that make the game fun. If it doesn't look that great, you know. Again, we're we're we we write and work and produce content for a Nintendo site, right? We're playing our games on Switch. We're not looking for things that are all that attractive visually necessarily, right? If we were, we'd have an Xbox One X where we play all our games or a PS4 Pro. Um, we'd be super excited about the next gen consoles. I'm ex- I'm excited for more ports on Switch, and I don't I don't care that they don't look the best if it's a game that's really enjoyable. And especially of, of the three, I think Dragon Quest three is very enjoyable and it's definitely worth going back to, even if it gets a little bit obtuse. Yeah, I mean, I guess the argument would be, though, is that it's not ugly because the Switch can't handle it. You know, it's True. it's ugly True. because, you know, they were, you know, taking the easy route of just porting over the mobile, which is still weird because it's like what? they should have just originally kept it more faithful to the original. Right. I, I guess maybe it looks easier on phone, you know, with a tiny screen to make it pop like that. I, I don't know. Um, I think I think Final Fantasy VIII looks ugly, but also I'm still gonna play it. I think I think a lot of the PS1 RPGs that get ports nowadays look ugly. Like, yeah, I'll still play it. I think it's a different kind of ugly, though. You know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I yeah, I suppose. That was their original look, though. Like, what's the excuse now? Yeah, like- they, it, they quote unquote enhanced it. To make it look worse, you know, I, I mean, I don't think that, you know, you should bar none, never play these games. Um, you know, obviously, like you said, the convenience factor, it it is the most convenient. I mean, obviously, you could just get the mobile version, too, but I'm assuming most people prefer to play with a controller, you know, or, you know, in handheld with, you know, actual buttons um, or, you know, on the TV and. uh <sighs> Like I said, I don't think you should avoid it. You know, if you have interest in the the series and you want to play the the originals, and you know they're pretty cheap in comparison, like uh, Jordan was saying, to alternatives. I think it's five five dollars yeah. for dra- the first Dragon Quest game on Switch. I, I don't know how you can beat that in 2019. Although I, I, I bet I, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double down. Like the the Game Boy Color cartridge has a battery in it. If that battery is out, your save file is gone. You still have to save in a very monotonous way. Well, it, like in this game, <laughs> you, you can do a quick save wherever you are. You can just put this system into sleep mode. It couldn't be easier. It's an easy way to play these games. I would say Dragon Warrior NES five and a quarter. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, you can find but, those. Uh, you can I, find those for free at at a local. Uh, yeah, flea the, the the first Dragon Quest for or Dragon Warrior for NES. Yeah, it's definitely no. I like yeah, I every said, time you t- every time you talk to someone, every time you open a door, every time you access a chest, you have to go through a menu to do that. It is so tedious. I, I it, it the original versions are are honestly I think they're kind of horrible. Like I, I they they just haven't held up in the slightest, and it's a shame because they're really good games. But you're a traditionalist. You should you should like the old stuff. That's I, I, what I don't, you like. I, I do. I like the old Final. I like Final <laughs> Fantasy One. I, I think the NES version is better than any of the makeovers that have come since. And I that maybe that's not a yeah. popular opinion, but I think I know you share it, David. Yeah. So at, I do. Like it, I'm not always. saying... I like the original version. The the uh, the unmobiled version. That's my yeah. favorite version. Well, of- I mean, when it boils down to it, um, if these were like 
beautiful looking games. I might have already have bought them, right? Even though I would not have been playing them yet just because other games. But if I do, you know, if I get back on, you know, this, obviously how I was saying before, like Dragon Quest Eight is sort of probably the next in line after Eleven. Um but, you know, eventually if I'd like to, you know, get back into the originals, I like, it's not going to bar me from stopping it. You know what I mean? Like, I will, I'll pick it up and play it. I actually was hoping they had a physical version uh, of the th- 1, 2, and 3 that you could uh, import, actually, uh, you know, sort of uh, akin to the Mana Collection. And I was actually considering it, but I'm pretty sure, sh- like, like, I lost that oomph to want to go do it. You know what I mean? Because, like, there's, you know, they are what they are. Um, But, yeah, I I think eventually, like, I'll probably end up, maybe with not all three of them, but one of these games that I'll want to, you know, dive in and play, and I'll probably pick it up at a a good price. And, like Jordan's saying, the the convenience uh, of, you know, some changes they made. But, like, it will probably be one of those things that I'm like, oh, man, I just, like, this is great, and, like, the, the game is fun, and, you know, these you know, sort of quality of life things are great, but like, man, I wish they'd just gone the extra mile to make it look nice too, you know? I, I mean, I don't I don't think we can say that just because a game isn't perfect or ideal, we should ignore it, right? I think good, we should still play good video games that, on the cheap on a good console, right? Like, I, I don't think it's enough to say it's ugly, let's not play it, right? Like, No, I, for I sure. To me, that's not a solid, that's not, that argument doesn't, it's not, doesn't hold enough weight. I think the compromise in this case would have been if they had of had, um, Let's say Square Enix felt that this was the best, like, they honestly felt it was the best version, which I have a hard time believing. Um, but let's let's say the, the, this is like the George Lucas of uh, Dragon Quest, where they, they somehow have convinced themselves that this mobile look is, is better. Um, the compromise, I think, would have been is to have the old the old version, like, that you could choose, as the player, you could choose whether you just wanted to play the original ROM version or or the mobile version like let me choose the sprite with the way the sprites look or something like that now obviously it would have been more work uh and maybe that's that's the reason why it wasn't done i just know that like casey was saying they had the like they had the collection like the mana the secret of mana collection like where they have uh final fantasy uh advent final fantasy adventure Mm -hmm. uh secrets of mana and trials of mana as far as I, like, I didn't play the originals, but as far as I could tell, they seem pretty much just ROM based. I would have preferred just the ROM based. Like, if I had to sacrifice some of the quality of life stuff to to get that original experience that that was intended back in the day, that's my personal preference. And and if they had of like said, okay, you know, you start the the game up and you're like, okay, here, do you want the new experience or the old experience? But no one bought those games on NES, right? That, that, those games didn't sell very well, the original. So why would you... Pour, I, I get it. Like, I, I, I understand that wanting to have the original experience, but I don't think anyone really cared for those versions. And again, I don't think they hold up very well. It's really only pure traditionalists that want want those versions. I'm, I'm glad we didn't get those versions because I, I wouldn't have bought those. I, I, I wanted this one. So I think what we're seeing here is this this divide between you, you and I, David, where... Um, they're hoping there's more people that are like me than, than are like you. And the mm. the ideal, actually, would have been something that came out on the Wii. There was a Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior collection. The first three games, I believe, uh, came to the Wii. And they were they basically looked like Super Famicom games. 
that would have been the ideal. Mm, yeah. But those games never came. They never came to the West, unfortunately. And it's it's a shame that, the, that we didn't get those versions. They're probably not localized. Maybe that's the problem. Uh, or else that that could have been what was released. But instead, you know, we see Square Enix, you know, and they, and they do this. You know, they're a company. They're trying to make money. They're doing a quick cash in, probably drag and drop the files from their mobile store to the Switch, put them all out on the same day as Dragon Quest Eleven when Dragon Quest hype is at its highest, right, on this console, and hopefully they get a quick buck out of it. I, I think what we want to hope for now, and maybe we we have a better chance of getting it if we actually buy these ugly ports, is we get good versions of 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and so on coming to the Switch next year or the year after or something like that. Wouldn't that be cool? Maybe they put those together as a compilation. I, I know that the, the DS is the, the recent the versions we got in the West, but f- all those games came to consoles that were not dual screen as well. So it's perfectly, it is definitely possible that we could play 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, uh, on a single screen device and so maybe that that's what i'm hoping for i do hope people support these ports not so that we get more ugly ones but so that we get more dragon quest games period mm. yep yep well now I'll, I'll lump them in with mobile in general where i say i'll i'll encourage other people to pay money <laughs> for those things to support like i said i always joke about how uh square enix like a lot of their profit comes from mobile now um in general like true mobile i i won't put money into those but if everyone else is helping uh to keep square running and and to get me my final fantasy 7 remakes and uh near automatas and new final fantasies uh final fantasy 16 hopefully one day then uh power to everyone enjoy your mobile port i think can we make uh next episode's last call be are you even looking forward to final fantasy 16 just, just, I'm just putting a pin in that for now. Okay? That, that's what that's what I want the topic to be because this one got pretty heated, which was good. But that I think that would be a good one too. So let's let's keep that in mind for the next. One. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good to me. <laughs> yeah, Final Fantasy 16 in 2026. Save it, Casey. Save it. <laughs> yes, yes. If that, we're that's lucky. where we begin. Yeah. Well, the the trick will be is is uh, the whether. It, there's there's one thing to look forward to it. There's there's another if we actually believe it'll be if we'll be alive soon. for it. <laughs> that sounds yeah. Those yeah those those are two separate arguments. That's right. <laughs> What's first, Final Fantasy sixteen or Jet Super Bowl? Both unlikely. <laughs> Both on the same day. <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that on that light note. Um, I want to thank you, uh, gentlemen, for uh, joining me tonight on the uh, Dragon Quest episode. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, we have uh, we have tons of uh, Dragon Quest Eleven coverage uh, on NintendoWorldReport.com. Jordan, Casey, Neil all d- did uh, a terrific uh, Dragon Quest retrospective on uh, YouTube, so uh, make sure to check that out. And uh, Jordan did uh, the Jordan did a, a video on the two D versus three D. So. Mm. It's uh, worth checking that out as well. If uh, if you haven't started up Dragon Quest Eleven yet and you're uh, still on the fence of what which route to yeah, go, yeah, both of those videos are on our, our YouTube channel NWR TV. And I mean, the, the the retrospective might get you in the mood for playing Dragon Quest. You know, if it's a series you don't know a lot about or you've only played one or two, you know, check out the retrospective video. Skip around, check out a couple of the games. And uh, doing that video with Casey and Neil really got me excited for. Uh, playing more Dragon Quest Eleven and seeing more about what the franchise is uh, maybe going to be in the future. So yeah, definitely check that out. I think they're 
I'm very proud of those videos. So <laughs> we'd love to see uh, love to see more comments and uh, more feedback on those. Too. Yeah, Jordan, did, you did a really good job uh, with that whole Thank whole you, spiel. Friend. Yeah, to, took the uh, took the lead and and whipped us into shape and popped out a really mm. great video. Thank you very much. And uh, now that we're out of the summer and things are getting back to normal, we're going to be hopefully uh, trying to keep to a regular. We're going to give a weekly schedule a try with these uh, shorter episodes. Um, so make sure to check in uh, next week for the next episode and also to check out uh, the Talk Nintendo podcast. If uh, they're, they're always doing their weekly thing. I don't think they've missed uh, a week Since... for Sleet Snow or, uh, or well, Baby's yeah, Born. Well, yeah, Perry missed one, but not me. I didn't have a baby. <laughs> yeah. What a slacker. Or, eh? Well, I think he's a slacker. He's That's baby yeah. shmaby. <laughs> That's right. Well, thanks everyone again, and we'll see everyone out at the next Thursday meet. Adios. Thanks, fellas. Bye.